Booster is excited to support DIA Schools Collaborative on furthering the missions of our respective organizations through Follow to Lead podcast and other DIA programming. Visit ChooseBooster.com for details on Booster's school fundraising events, technology, and customized spirit gear. Booster can help your Catholic school meet and exceed its fundraising goals. Learn more today. Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ the Teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling us to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice a month into the world of Catholic education, exploring what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. And I'm Father Randy Sly, your host. And today we're going to be talking with Steve Picorni, who is the founder of Freedom Coaching in San Antonio, Texas. And Steve founded this work in order to help those who struggle and are looking for freedom from the grip of pornography, something that he struggled with earlier in his own life. And now he has other coaches that work with him throughout the United States and other countries in helping individuals to find freedom from this particular area of addiction. Steve holds an MA in theology and a specialization in catechetics from the Franciscan University in Steubenville, as well as an MTS from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family in Washington, D.C. He's also a certified life coach from the Life Coach Training Institute, a published author and an internationally known speaker. He and his wife live in San Antonio, Texas. And Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Father Randy. It's great to be with you today. Well, you know, this is a really critically important subject, as we all know. But before we dig in, I'd, I'd like to give our guests an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself. So could you kind of tell us about your upbringing? Sure, sure. So I grew up uh, kind of a typical, I guess, American kind of family. I had a, a mom, dad, brother. I didn't have a dog. We have two dogs now. Life is perfect now. But uh, all of that would change when I was five years old. My father, he was a Vietnam vet, and he wanted to he wanted to get rich. He wanted to get rich quickly, and so he wanted to bet our our house on the stock market. My my mom said no. My dad said I'm going to do it anyway. He forged her signature, and um, before. Uh, and and he realized that the deal lost. He lost the deal, or he thought he did. And so he thought the best way to take care of our family, because he was a vet, was by killing himself. So he went into the garage. He closed the garage door, turned on the engine. And half an hour later, when my mom pulled him out, 
he um, he had uh, lost his right term, his short term memory. It was gone. And my father was in a nursing home growing up from that area. And so I didn't really know my father. So there was this kind of gaping wound mm-hmm. that was very much present in my life. And I, I know deeply what it's like to grow up without a father. And again, sure. we're living, we, a lot of us, right, are growing up in a culture where, where fatherlessness is, is very present. And so this would, yeah. this would open up a lot of uh, space here for a lot of darkness to come in. Okay, very good. And so you went to uh, Franciscan and also went to Catholic U. Before you established Freedom Coaching, what, what did you do for a living? Sure. So great, great question. So I, I kind of jumped around uh, the, the vocation discernment, shall we say, from fourth grade to 11th grade, I thought I wanted to be a surgeon, but then SATs got in the way of that. So I decided I had to become an actor. I uh, went to Syracuse University near your old stomping grounds of Buffalo, but morality got in the way. And, and then God said, check out priesthood. So for four years, I went to Cle- back to Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from, and we um, I discerned uh, discerned out of priesthood. Um, they like to say, you know, you can take the you take the seminary or the boy out of seminary, but you can't take the seminary out of boy. So some of that stuck there. Did did one year of very rough high school teaching theology. Uh, realized I needed more education, so that's where the two universities came in. But I've, I come from a field, I, I was working uh, here at the Archdiocese of San Antonio. I worked for several years in the Office of Marriage and Family Life. We did mm-hmm. a lot of work of marriage marriage preparation, a lot of marriage enrichment uh, work there. I was also involved with another marriage apostolate after that. And in between that, I, I uh, got involved with a little bit of sales with a, a graphic design company. So I've I've had uh, become well-rounded in the world of business in the midst of all of that. That's where kind of freedom coaching was was being developed until I was able to go really full-time with that in the past few years. Wonderful. And I know that the uh, the area that you're dealing with right now, you probably dealt with it in a cursory manner during working with marriage and family life with the diocese and everything like that. But we all know that pornography is really a perpetual pandemic. It isn't just a one and done gone. And it obviously has increased exponentially due to the internet. As you were growing up, how did you get caught in its grip? Great question. So I mentioned about that hole that was in my heart and my mm-hmm. soul and, and this, this, this ache. And, and I think one of, the, one of the things that draws a lot of people into pornography today, men and women, is the lack of identity. We don't know who we are. And if you mm-hmm. don't know your true identity, then you're going to fall for a counterfeit. And I definitely fell for a big one. It actually was, uh, I think it was sixth grade. I'm uh, just walking down the street. Literally, I think it was seven or eight houses. In the street was this bag, this uh, a brown paper bag. Opened it up and there's ripped up pictures of, of naked people in there. And I brought that home. And I told a classmate of mine, because it's like winning the lottery, right? And we were going through it and he was so excited. He said, I'll give you $20 for it. So he wanted to buy $20 worth of this road apple. I traded up because $20 as a, as a 12 year old is a pretty big deal. It still is today. And, um, and then um, it would be the next year in which I was exposed to the videos with quote unquote friend. And he was exposed because his parents had mounds of videos in their bedroom. So, we wow. got involved with this. Yeah, wow, indeed. And then this is right around the time that the internet is hitting. So going into my into my high school years, 
quickly got attached to this stuff. And, and as we'll, we'll break into in our discussion, right, the chemicals in the brain that were, were going in there quickly made it a way where I couldn't find my way out of this. So I was, there's, there's this attraction going on, but that guilt, that shame, that self-hatred started to take over and I was trapped and I didn't know what to do about it. Now, I'm assuming that during this time, you don't have things like Covenant Eyes available or a lot of the resources. Uh, obviously, Freedom Coaching isn't up yet and running. <laughs> anyway, how did, how did you find your own freedom? Mm, great question. So um, it would be years, obviously, of searching. I like to say, because I went into, into high school, into college, I went to porn, porn, went to college with me, went through seminary. And I felt like I was a, like a woman who had heard a, had an abortion, who week after week going to confession, confessing the same thing, hearing she's forgiven, but couldn't forgive herself. That was my story, right? I mm -hmm. have this thing. I've been to confession. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, uh, numerous times just can't get free. And, 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 and God bless you, Father, Father Randy and, and all of all those good priests out there who are trying to help. But in our Father and three Hail Marys for the penance is not going to solve this problem, right? You're trying right. to help, right? So, um, there's, but there's a chemical attachment. That was one of the things. So it, was, it wasn't until I got to Franciscan University, okay? And um, powerful place where on the weekends, on the first Saturday of every month at school's in session, um, they do something called a festival of praise. And um, there's, it's about 2,000 people praising God. And sometimes there's words of, of prophecy that come up. And one of the words that came up that night was, uh, this is back in 2003, um, was told to me, was from Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I'm doing something new. Do not perceive it. Streams of living water will begin to flow. And for so many years, Father Randy, I had been drinking from a septic tank. And now this fresh water is being proposed to me that I never even knew, right? So I'm going to daily mass. I'm moved with what Jesus is doing for me. And about two weeks later, I, I received the Eucharist and I moved to gratitude. And then I realized it wasn't just Jesus, but it was the Father. It was the one that I thought had abandoned me, had walked out on me, had left. And, and part of the, my own story was my father um, and my mother would pass away from cancer in high school. So there was this deep wound of abandonment. Sure. But the father made it very clear in this moment, he hasn't abandoned me. He's, he's, he hasn't forsaken me. He's with me. And so from this perspective, um, I, 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 he wanted me simply to be up in his lap, to be held. I don't have to struggle anymore. Just be loved. And as this is happening, as tears are coming down my cheek, it happened. This boom, 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 boom. This chains hit the floor. I experienced for the first time this very real experience of a freedom from lust. Instead of wanting to lust, I wanted to serve my sisters. This movement was there. And there were, and Father, there was freedom for a good four months there. But like Peter who took his eyes off of Jesus, I fell back in the septic tank. And I thought, does this you know dismiss my story to what's happened here? No, what he wanted to do, he wanted to get to the root of it. So over a series of, of events, over a period of, of uh, say, five or six years, three major events happened. One was I discovered something called theophastic prayer, which is like it's deep healing prayer where smoke, the smoke of emotions leads to a lot of fire, but what's really going on. There was a lot of healing happening there. Second, I discovered something called intensive trauma therapy. It's writing and drawing. It's not like shock therapy or anything like that. And what that is, was um, that was the first time I really processed uh, the emotions of my pornography use, unchaste behavior. And there was a 
ton of freedom that happened there. And the third piece um, that kind of solidified all of it was discovering the church's beautiful vision about the human body, the, the, the vision, especially through theology of the body, but the vision, especially we find in the beautiful pieces of art where the body is exposed appropriately. Okay. Because nature abhors a vacuum. If all that's presented to us is a lustful image of the naked human body, and that's all we know, and we're going to fall for it. So for me, learning to see these images has been incredibly powerful. And then very quickly from that, there was like a solidification of this freedom. And then realizing what I've gone through is not just for me, but it's meant for the world. And I'm honored to be founder of Freedom Coaching, but I would say I'm the first client who had to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I know Pope St. John Paul II once remarked, there is no dignity when the human dimension is eliminated from the person. Mm -hmm. In short, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much of the person, but it shows far too little. And I thought about that while you were just sharing your story that really the whole thing was that you were caught up in the objectification, not just of, of others, but even of yourself in a sense. Yes. And yes, absolutely. You, yeah, it kind of been, you've built this identity that has, that uh, really didn't give you the opportunity for that human dimension yourself, which is really a powerful thing. And also the fact that there was really a, a, an understanding of the father in a many in many ways that had to happen in addition to an understanding of yourself. Would that be would that be fair? Hundred percent. I would absolutely agree with that. Right. We we were meant for communio. We're meant for communion with others. Right. And and many times I think we can. There's a lot of errors that the evil one likes to play on. Right. We get we can get caught on. Um, the, if you look at the cross, right. We have the the, the lateral and the, and the horizontal. Right. Um, and, and sometimes Catholics get caught into, it's all about me and Jesus. And I have to do, I got to print my rosary, go to adoration, receive the Eucharist, the sacraments, doing all these things, but the doing, but we miss out on that relationship, that primary relationship, or mm -hmm. we get caught up in a notion of, it's simply about these relationships, these, these sideways relationships, all these friends going to parties, right? I'm an extrovert. I love my parties growing up, but I wasn't really letting people see me. And especially wasn't allowing that relationship with God really in where he needed that to go. So it, it is um, my, my proper identity. What it is for all of us is either as a beloved son or a beloved daughter of God. And somewhere along the line, either it was never was taught to me or I never received it. Right. And so I had to get this. This was primary here so mm -hmm. that I could be open to getting because my father is leading this. My heavenly father is leading this. And the other path of going deep into the other wounds that I need to experience, I can trust you here. I can hold, I can take your hand. You're going to walk me through this. Whatever fears, whatever, whatever wrestling in my heart that was going on there, um, he's going to meet me there and he's going to help me through this. One of the things that you mentioned earlier is, of course, the issue of that there, the drug that this produces. I know when I was the president of St. Michael High School, we had a a program we did it two years in a row called fight the new drug that is basically about pornography although it's not new obviously but it, this is an, i think a new way for to look at it what do we mean when we say that it's it's a drug 
Sure. Great question. I, I remember years ago, as uh, my book is called Redeemed Vision, and it was a 14-year project. Um, finally got it done in 2017. And in the early edits of that book, my wife and I kind of argued back and forth, and I argued, it is a drug. It's like, no, it's not, because it's not like you're not taking a physical substance into you. And the more that research has come out, has come out sorry, honey, I was proven right on this. Um, <laughs> and because <we're, laughs> so. Um, we, we oftentimes think, you know, take marijuana or cocaine or something, it's a physical substance that has to go in. But why is that so powerful and why is, it, why is that so addictive is because of the chemicals that get stirred up. Okay? Now, this is one piece that, you know, a lot of, a lot of those who, who are talking about this issue of pornography may not be familiar with is that we don't like to use the term addiction. It's not really the best term to use with this, because when we think of addiction, we often think once hooked, always hooked. Right. The best term, the best term to use this, uh, Father Randy, is a compulsion. It's serious. Good. It's got to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. But can there be lasting healing for this? I'm, I'm living proof, and so are a bunch of the people that we work with. Right. So the the chemicals that, just to name a few of those that are that are stirred up, you have dopamine, norepinephrine, est- uh, t- testosterone. For women, obviously, estrogen plays a major part in that. Do- serotonin, these get, get mixed around. And as I discuss in redeemed vision, it's the same chemicals as what happens in healthy marital intercourse and, and mm-hmm. all the, the events surrounding that. But it's a very different result here. Whereas one is going to help uh, in, in the marital act is going to help to bring more here to help to create more. It's creating a healthy attachment here. What happens here with pornography use is those chemicals get stirred up. And because just take the one one chemical of dopamine, it's a uh, it's highly motivating. It's very very uh, very single focuses us here, but we're focused on the wrong things here. And and we find here the dopamine receptors in the brain actually shrink. So instead of thinking it's going to satisfy us, we become less. And um, and so it's it's critically important part of the education piece. And I love what Fight the New Drug does here because the education piece of what is doing to us is the, definitely the first step. Because if you don't know this is really a problem, you might think, eh, it's just pornography. What's the big deal? We got to say right. it's a huge deal because it's messing with our brain that's affecting every single person we come in contact with. And it uh, it disrupts other relationships because now that area that's supposed to be uh, activated by, you know, proper marital intercourse and all of that is no longer directed in that uh, way. It's directed toward that compulsion toward pornography. So it, it just messes with everything, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, like, I like to say, I mean, I hate this stuff. I'm trying to work myself out of a job. Okay. I, all hands on deck. So, I mean, I've seen marriages, families, children, um, their lives just wrecked and destroyed by this stuff. And, and this, and the sad reality is um, in the Catholic church, it's the 572,000 pound elephant in the room. And I've heard, I think eight homilies in my entire life. So this conversation with you, Father Randy, very refreshing. And I'm glad we're having it. So what are the statistics, do you think, in terms of how many men and women are are battling this? I mean, for myself as a, a, a as a priest, a pastor, a pastoral counselor, I mean, I see it all the time. What can we quantify it? What is that? What's that look like? And do you have any numbers? Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, this is a um, this is a very, very um very challenging thing here in a certain sense to get down 
So a lot of it's estimates, but it's it, the the estimates I've heard. If you take MLB, um, NFL, NBA, combine them together, okay, um, you are uh, pornography makes way more than that, right? You have we know we know for a fact that between the ages of twelve to seventeen years of age, it's somewhere around ninety percent of those kids are involved with this, and these are the future politicians, these are the future teachers, these are, these are the future people who are going to be guiding us, right? And and especially if there are any grandparents hearing this, right? For your sons and daughters who may as as are getting older, these are the people who are going to take care of them as they get older, right? So this is a this is a, a, a big issue here. We know that the um the the cost of this is is in a huge way. And I would just I would zero down to one um one area here that of trafficking, okay? We know if you take those numbers, if you bought uh, Tim Ballard, who is the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, okay? This is an organization that fights against sex trafficking. They do a very, very good job. And if you're looking for a place to, to donate to, please do that to their, and to their organization. And one of the things that they talk about is, Tim, Tim talks about how if you took every sports, um, every sports arena, every sports organization, and then you also gave every child in America paid for a four-year university degree, you would still have money left over that comes from the trafficking industry. So, but what's the link here between trafficking and pornography? No, not everybody who watches pornography gets into trafficking, but does everybody who gets into trafficking start with normal pornography? Of course they do. Why? Because nobody gets into pornography. No, nobody grows up in, in the world thinking, you know, I want to go and pardon my French, I want to rape children. Okay, that's a harsh way to look at, it, but that's what's going on there. And if this is a learned response, it's a programmed response. And I, I, I mean, I remember as I was working on my book, um, and this is this is uh, detailed in chapter two. But it was a one of our good friends, a five year old boy, sexually assaulted a four year old boy, a four year old girl. Excuse me. Where did the five year old? And this was in his living room, um, and or was and and the five year old boy learned this from his sister, who was involved with same sex pornography. Okay, and this stuff has not gone away by any means. Okay, but but it's gotten worse and worse. So we know that this is you guaranteed know somebody who's involved with this stuff. This is and but it's again it's the hidden thing in the room that's affecting all of our relationships and all the different entities in in, in life, and we need to talk about it. Now I know that right now, in terms of uh, the fight against pornography, we have. A lot of different resources. Covenant Eyes kind of is one of the groups among many that help to deal with filtering and accountability. We have small groups. We have groups like the Spiritual Warfare Confraternity that is really encouraging, especially young people toward purity. Um, but but you're bringing in a, a a new component, which is kind of a one to one component. Uh, why? Why did you see that the freedom coaching approach was something that was was an important part of of bringing people into freedom? Sure. So let's 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 attach this. Let's um, let's attack this question from a couple angles. Okay. Number one, we are built for relationships. Have relationship and relationships, as we talked about, communio, communion, right? And um, and this is not to knock anybody who's doing any work in this in this sphere, right? If you're if if the work you're doing is really helping, do that. We all hands on deck, as I've said. But what we found is um, just having a filter on one's computer, or having a recorded message or a recorded video series that doesn't solve the problem. What is needed is discipleship. It's a one to one walking 
on the person to be able to lighten their load. I mean, I think this is the why confession is so darn powerful, not to mention, obviously, sacramental graces that are there, sure. right? But we need, we, we, as you know, Father, right? Some of those people need a little more help here. They need more hand-holding here. There's deeper traumatic issues need to be worked through. And so what we found is that one-to-one mentoring of walking with the person live, you know, having those conversations, yes, there's a process to what we do, but what we found is every person is individual. And so getting to get to know them, it's, it's the, the four deepest desires of the human heart. We want to see and be seen. We want to love and be loved, right? And so many people, especially, and this is the ironic thing, right? Um, they're spending a ton of time seeing people unclothed, but they're not being, those people are really not being seen and they themselves are not being seen. And that's where the emptiness comes in. That's where that, that mm-hmm. ache and I want something more. And I'm longing for something more. This is the good news that there is something more for you, but you're going to have to express those two things that Jesus can always work with them humility, acknowledging who I am in the sight of God, and then also honesty, be real and raw. I'm not okay. I'm a mess and I need somebody to walk with me through that process there. And I think um, when, when, we, when we have somebody that can hear me and is able to relate with me, but also especially knows what to do about the issue, knows how to actually solve this issue, that's really, really encouraging. Okay. I was looking on your website just as we're talking about this this aspect of it, I was on your website and I was captivated by the words over, over the top of a picture, a caption that says, dream with us. Imagine your world without an attraction to pornography, within the freedom to see others in light of what is true, good, beautiful, and unifying. We believe nothing is impossible. These are great words of hope. My guess is they're not instantaneous. No, no, no. I, Father, I wish, oh God, do I wish, oh Lord, I wish it was magic. I wish I could right. snap my finger um, and that this could be, um, this can be healed. No, we, we, we're, we're dealing with tremendous wounds here, right? It's kind of like a breakup, right? When, when a person, they've been dating for two years, oftentimes it's going to take about half that amount amount of time for healing, right? But the old phrase goes, time doesn't heal all wounds. No, healing heals all wounds, right? So we can have somebody who has been trying to fight against pornography, pornography attachment for many, many years and not actually break free from that, right? So there has to be a process handled working through this. So what we like to say in the work we do, three elements are necessary. A, the grace of God needs to be there. That life, the love, the power of God has got to be present, okay? Um, you can, and, and as good as organizations like Fight the New Drug are, are there, if you're not including an explicit understanding of grace and helping them to dive into that, yeah. um, mm-hmm. not a rules-based, we're not going to get to where we need to be. Second is they have to open themselves to it because I've had clients who, you know, come in, they, I'm done with it, maybe they got busted by their, by their wife, but they really don't want to change their lifestyle. I can't help you. No, no coach can do that. And then third is you got to do the work, right? This is the response to grace. This is saying like, I'm in, I'm willing to, again, have that humility and honesty to enter in, to get real, to get into the ugliness. And shall we say the septic tank I've been sinking in so that I can find together with someone, I can help find that plug in that tank, drain it, and then we can refill it with the fresh water. That's what satisfies. That's what we want you to dream about. This 
this whole area uh, we see, you know, manifesting in so many different places. But one of the areas is in schools. Uh, yes. One of the, uh, you know, probably follow to leads greatest audiences among Catholic school administrators, educators and staff, those working with young people on a daily basis. And in the schools, we are really being overrun with students being influenced by pornography. And you can see it manifest in the ways they relate to each other and in a number of ways. What advice can you give to administrators, to teachers in terms of bringing support to students as these issues really come alive? Sure. Um, number one is be aware of this. Um, in a sense, do not do not make the assumption that I just have good kids. It's and the same advice I would on that point I'd give to parents. Do not assume. It's the notion of trust but verify. I mean, Father, you you know this. You've been involved uh, working working with with children appropriately in in various various areas, right? So mm-hmm. they they need to be aware of this. Obviously, as we we are getting more. Um, more involved with technology, technology in the classroom. Is there a time and place for things like covenant eyes, things, things for filtering software? I would absolutely agree with that, especially for young children. Their brains are not going to be fully developed until their mid-20s, okay? And sometimes more than that, right? So there has to be that accountability there, there that, that awareness here. But again, nature of horror is a vacuum. So for facilities, for, for administrators, what kind of education are you bringing into this, into uh, into the classroom? And this is a, this is a much larger discussion, perhaps, to have here, right? It's a philosophy of education, whereas in many cases, and this is this is a sad reality, um, we are simply teaching to the test. And it is one thing to learn from the tester, but are we really learning? No, we're we're memorizing facts. Facts don't change the heart. Facts don't change my worldview. So I would come more from the perspective that. We have to bring in, if, in, in a lot of uh, administrations, for any administrator and administrators who might hear this, this podcast, is, is look at your arts and sciences. Look at, look at those, those things, the, um, the, the, um, the different areas, the uh, drama, art, music, those programs. Are, are, is the community supporting those? Is there a budget for those things? Because there has to be an outlet for you. Because if nature abhors a vacuum, right? The children themselves are having a, are being inundated by the lies of the culture, the lies of the body, and are not being given the the counterpoint to the ugliness of pornography in many ways. Right, social media is is radically ramping, and, and is in many cases, especially for females, is telling them this is what you're supposed to look like. Because you don't, you don't have a value, and all of that is a pornified vision of the human person and the human body. So. In here, we need to present a beautiful vision of the human human person. This is where uh, why you know I think one of the things to blame is where the Catholic Church is. We've been the patron patron of the arts for years, but in recent years, the last sixty years, our churches have gone ugly in many cases. Our education has has simply taught to the test. We've got to get back to this, and so I would say those things like filtering devices, right, to prevent a lot of the sewage from coming in. That's one aspect, but we've got to go on the offensive and beauty. Let me tell you, nobody looks at a sunset and says, oh, that's enough. You can turn it off right now, right? We're like, oh, I want more of that. If we can teach to the notion that there is that this, this priming, this, and which is much deeper than the movement of lust, 
the movement of genuine beauty and the, and the desire for the, the education into the into what is beauty genuinely that there is a standard for beauty and it helped children to actually see that and have continuous reinforcement of it have beautiful images in the classroom put on put on beautiful music and mm -hmm. it takes this education and continuously reinforce this children will respond to this why because it's truth and we're built for truth and the truth is what destroys the lie it's been said one last point here that in every lie there is the seed of its destruction in every truth is the seed of victory so i know this is a battle i know i know this i was in the classroom for one year i'm kind of your special forces guy coming in to give talks uh -huh. but my dear my dear teachers this battle is worth it because when you see that transformation happening, when you have somebody who's been blind in their relationships or, or maybe even some kid who may, may open up to you, I've got this struggle with pornography and you can, you can expose him to genuine beauty and watch what happens with that transformation. It changes life forever. It's interesting when you talk about especially the arts, because this can also, if we're not careful, become a gateway to introduce reinforcement mm. to some of the pornographic mindset that that some kids can be dealing with uh just on the selection of plays or musicals that they're doing mm -hmm. or the kind of art i mean as you're talking about beauty we really this is where again our faith plays such a part that it has to be an informed uh fine art would that be fair to say absolutely let's let's make it clear i mean justice potter stewart okay 1964 Supreme Court Justice said, I know pornography when I see it, okay? And my response to him is, congratulations, I'm glad you can figure out what about the rest of us, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's this notion, especially we find it's not obviously not simply on this realm of pornography, but it's everywhere. It's this deconstruction. It's the deconstruction philosophy that we find just like we find with right now, there's no men or women, there's no male or female. We just deconstruct right. the whole thing. No, there is a standard here. And, and, and I think where a lot of people are afraid of going to standards in many cases is because when we set a standard, it means some things are automatically going to be exclusive. And I think it's the, it's the whole notion, if you keep your mind open so much, all your brain's going to fall out. And that's what's happened in many cases. So mm -hmm. there is a standard here we need to stay for. So just very basically, I would pull from St. Thomas Aquinas, okay? Aquinas said, the standard for beauty are the three hallmarks of beauty. That goes for radiance, what radiates beauty, what, and it's connected with God, that it's, it, it, and it's easily visible. It, 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 we don't have to search for it. It's, it's like, yes, it, that, 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 that brings out more. Okay? Pornography is the exact opposite of that, where it wants to take, it wants to consume. Then you have, so if you can remember red, white, and blue, Father, here we go. So red, red is radiance. White is wholeness, okay? This is wholeness. In the image itself, is it capturing the whole person? If we're talking about a sculpture or a painting, are we striving to get the, 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 not just the body, but the body and soul of that? Whereas pornography is focused on mere body parts, and it never satisfies. And then the last part is red, white, blue. So balance. Is there a balance, not just in the image itself, but also in the whole image and the surroundings here. So in an artwork, right, it's trying to tell a story, a beautiful story about getting us to know this. And it's not just religious art necessarily. I mean, I, one I would, I would point people to is The Birth of Venus by Botticelli, right? He's a, a Catholic artist creating about a, um, a Greek myth. And there is a naked woman on here, Venus, but it's not pornographic. There's something beautiful here. And, but the, the other side of the context here with pornography is we don't care what her name is, her dreams, her hopes, her fears. All we care is about what 
that person makes me feel for that moment. And then I use, I abuse, I lose her. And in turn, I lose myself being a loser here. So this is where that education does come in. And if we can reinforce these principles through, again, music, literature, um, all of these poems, all these different things, and especially visuals, this is how we turn the tide and we're going to be able to destroy the power that pornography has over us. We have, of course, among our listenership, our audience, I'm sure people that may be dealing with pornography in their own lives. There are many that I have talked to and worked with who have tried to make it just something that I have to deal with in my life, and yet it it's killing them, you know, and it can be affecting their families, as we talked about earlier, affecting their work, perhaps their educators, it's affecting their, their time in the classroom. And they they really want to start getting free. What steps should they take to begin that walk to freedom? Father Randy, great question. I would say first and foremost, it's honesty. Yeah, I acknowledge you. You, you, have an, you have an issue, right? And I'm, I'm willing. And again, for a lot of these people, they, they know they have an issue, but they're not sure what to do. Second, I would say is realize that no matter how long the struggle has, be, has been, I would first encourage you stop counting days on the days in which I've been I've been successful because what that does we we find here it actually creates a more pressure because on the day in which I have a slip then it's like my the bottom has fallen out my world is crushed no stay on the notion of it's um, you're called to freedom you're called to genuine freedom and it's day zero that today I can create something beautiful and I'm gonna stay focused here where I'm at third I would say if with all these uncomfortable emotions that oftentimes lead people into acting out. Okay. We like to use the term blasted. Okay. Blasted fans for 10 letters, bored, lonely, hungry, angry, apathetic, stressed, tired, turned on, emotional, depressed. Okay. That pretty much covers the gambit there. What we find is the opposite of all of those is gratitude. When we have genuine gratitude, when we live from this, right. And think about it, father, what is, what's the source and summit of our faith? The Eucharist, right? right. What does Eucharist mean? It means Thanksgiving. Thanks. Yeah giving yes yes this yeah. is there's god's trying to god's trying to tell us something here right and when we're focused on gratitude and we we genuinely move into that place then it's very difficult if not impossible for any blasted to really get in there and up and uh, upset the apple cart shall we say so i would say very simple activity every day wake up three things three items three persons that you're genuinely grateful for new things enter into this, right? This can start to, to start to change the way in which we're seeing the world. Now, if this has been a, a long journey, a long attachment here, there's a lot, a lot more work that needs to be done here. This is where, why, you know, I, I'm obviously the founder of Freedom Coaching, preferable to the work we've done because I've seen what this does in myself and others. There has to be working through that trauma work. There has to be an understanding of what the chemicals are doing to our brain. There has to be a recover of our identity and genuine intimacy. And most importantly, we've got to learn how to actually see the body correctly with those, the scales fall from our eyes and we don't desire to look with lust, but there's a very different reaction here. This is how you neutralize this. Now, one of the things that might, might be something that a lot of them would like to take advantage of is actually the coaching part where they have a one-to-one. -one. Do you need to be near a coach or is this something that can be done 
remotely? How, how do you all do that? Great question. So I'm actually, I've become too busy to work, meet with clients in person. I, I do meet, I have clients even in San Antonio, but I, I can't meet with them in person because I'm too busy myself. But that doesn't mean we're too busy for you. We have a team of individuals. Uh, we have a coach in Mexico. We have a coach in Canada. We have one in Slovenia, in fact. We both English, Spanish. Oh, actually, I forgot Slovenian. So if anybody out there listening to Slovenian and no Slovenian, well, here we go. We'll hook you up with Leonardo Gasser. And um, and so what we'd like to do, I'd like to make this really easy for anyone who's listening to this. You're thinking like, you know, I'm dealing with this or maybe I have a family member and, and I, I really... I'm looking for a real answer on this. I want to offer the first meeting to you for free. Okay. And, and uh, on the application piece, it's right at the top of the website. There's uh, you'd enter your information in and there's a code and we'll just say for fun, we'll say sly freedom. Okay. S L Y freedom. It's a little code. You're going to get, uh, get the first, uh, first one for free. And then we also want to uh, give back to this podcast uh, financially to support the work that you're doing, Father, uh, for those who come in and go and become clients of ours. So, um, but we'd be honored to meet you. And just to make it very clear, right? I don't care how long you've been dealing with this, okay? I was hooked for over 12 years, so I thought this, thought this is the rest of my life. If God can heal me, he can heal anyone, okay? Nothing is wasted. Everything is redeemable. And he wants to do this with you. And that's true whether you're a high school student or whether you're 50 or 60 years of age, correct? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've worked with eight-year-olds. I've, I've worked with a gentleman in his 80s. So it's um, this, and, and again, it's men and women. So this, and to my, my beloved sisters out there, you are not a broken man. You are not, not a broken, I mean, you're, yeah, okay, you're a broken woman, just like we're broken men, right? But it doesn't mean that you're irreparable. It means that you're, you're in the perfect place to be loved here. So, mm-hmm. there, but there's, there's things that have been perceived lacking, or maybe really lacking, that needs to be restored. And that's the God we serve. He's the God of redemption. So Steve, if somebody wants to find out more about your ministry and freedom coaching, where would they go? Sure. Great. Great. Uh, the primary place I'd send them to would be freedom-coaching.net. That's our website. But we're also on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're continuing to expand. The handle is redeemed vision. Okay. So you can see a lot of the testimonies there. Our social media guy does a great job in promoting and we're constantly on our own web, on our own podcast called the Redeemed Vision Podcast as well. We've got some uh, some really good information and, and interviews that are on. Steve, thank you so much. This has really been a, a wealth of information. And especially, I think, for, again, our Catholic schools, this is we're an area that we, like every other institution, are dealing with really precious young men and women. I hate to use the word precious. I can't think of a better term though, who have uh, been, you know, kind of trapped by this, uh, this, uh, this compulsion, as you like to call, which I think is a great word. And really the, the freedom that can be theirs is just exciting because it'll just open up a whole new world for their relationships, their vocation to either, married life, their vocation to singleness even, their vocation to the priesthood, religious life, and all of those. Because, you know, uh, when when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Amen, amen. And, and, and to my young brothers and sisters who are in this, and I'm glad we're, we're going right to them, right? 
we, we have this deep, deep longing desire to love and be loved, as we said, right? You want to see, you want to be seen here. And, and so many different visions of the world are really deceptive tank. They don't satisfy only if it's fresh water here. So if, if and especially my young brothers and sisters, you might be hearing who, who are living a chaste life, striving to do this, but all those combative um, issues are going on. There's problems of the world that are bearing down them. Hold the line, right? Find good, healthy, you know, if you're, if you're a gentleman, find good other healthy brothers can hold you accountable, can walk with you. Other, my dear sisters, you find good girlfriends who can walk with you, can help you through this because your witness to purity is so important. And for those who have been struggling with this, know you're not alone. Know that this is not the end of your world. Know that this is definitely not the end of your story. Know God wants to write something really beautiful here, right? So open up to healing and wholeness here because the the other side of the guilt, the shame, and the self-hatred is genuine freedom, and it's your destiny. Well, Steve Corny, thank you so much for being with us today. What a joy to uh, get to know you and and to have you share your heart and uh, your own story and to give a you know give hope to so many men and women today who really do desire that kind of freedom in their lives. So thank you for being with us. An honor. You're welcome, Father, and thank you for the opportunity to share today. And uh, for all of those who are in our audience today, if you haven't already done this, we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to our podcast and be sure to leave a comment to encourage us toward future programming. Also, if you'd like to know more about the Duke and Altim Schools Collaborative, you may go to our website at diaschools.org. We want to thank our production assistant, Alex Shire, for his assistance in the production of this podcast. May Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead.